recording now. <coughs> Hello, welcome to not shoot the piano player. Why am I gonna say that still? Uh, Dark Habits, a Almodovar podcast. Uh, I'm Spencer. My friend Joel is here. I think. Yo. And this episode marks the first appearance of two frequent guests. One has shown up on every season multiple times because uh if i mention any topic he's like i've seen it and have the blu-ray and can tell you all about it (laughs) uh martin kessler is uh making his debut thank you for having me and the other returning guest has become a regular um actor internet cool dude um pro-union person person. jared gillman Thank you. I just totally interrupted when you said my name. I apologize. Uh, uh, but but yeah, uh, I'm on strike, so I can't talk about anything uh, other than, like, I guess, I think the movie that we saw, I think I'm okay, because it doesn't seem like it was made by a company that is being struck right now. So I think that might mean I'm in the clear, but I, I, I think, right? I because uh, I think it's like as long as it's a movie that's not being produced you know it's being I think it's like the struck work it's like any movie produced under under the companies that are being struck you have been movie, produced, unless, unless you played one, one of the fetuses, fetuses. <laughs> yeah no I did not I did not, uh, I, I did not uh, play I cannot claim to have played any of the fetuses and in the movie, though, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't have even been a fetus by that point. So. You, you weren't even thought of yet. No, not, not yet. Technically, no, because I, I uh. came out. I, I, I was born at the very end of 1998. So, if I was a fetus in 1997, I'd be very shocked. To find <laughs> well, so, I have some, I have some, I have some news, news for you. you. Oh shit. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I knew uh, there was a reason you had me watch this one. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, yeah, so, uh, J Dog, what, what is, is the movie, movie that, 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 that is, is the topic, topic for this, this one? one? I don't know. You're the one who picked it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, it's a movie called Perdita Durango. Durango. Yeah, yeah anyway. Um, and it's about a woman named. Adita Durango, who is just kind of floating around. Seems like she's near the Mexican border, and she she meets a bad dude, but she's also very bad. I should emphasize that uh, bad dude played by Javier Bardem with once again a, a stunning haircut. You know, looking like, like false doom. The man, the man knew how to do something back then. And they go into Mexico and go on a couple of wild adventures. There's some uh, uh, Santeria slash voodoo rituals that that include dead bodies and kidnapping and just general misanthropy. Uh, All culminates in, of course, the tragic end of our character, Romeo, who Avia Redden, by the way, his name is Romeo, of course. But uh, Juliet gets away. Oh, oh, by the way, it's called Dance with the Devil in the U.S. for some reason. 
Yeah, and I think usually the version that's called Dance with the Devil's been cut down. Uh, yeah. Some of the sex and violence and that sort of stuff. Yeah, like I, I read that the 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 uh, movie ending gets kind of cut, where where it turns into the Burt Lancaster movie at the end. That was not in the in in that version. Was that was that true? I haven't yeah. seen the other version, so okay. it could be, but Tubi's uh, only got the edited one. Ooh, oh, really? I watched it on. I rented it off Amazon. Oh. Were they speaking English or Spanish? Uh, I mean, they went b- between both. You know. Okay, so in the Spanish version, they're like actually dubbed over. Oh, okay. But there's still a bit at the end where, like, you know, spoiler, I guess, when Javier Bardem is getting killed, where it's like everything turns into Veracruz. Oh yeah. yeah. So that made me think I had seen the longer version, but but maybe oh. not. I don't know. I mean, it already yeah. seemed pretty like horrific, and and you know the the stuff in the middle uh, didn't seem that like censored. I don't think. Yeah, I, I stuck with two because uh, I assumed it was still on Shutter, and for for the first time in like a long time, I opened up Shutter, and I was like, oh, it's gone. Great, I have to watch it, bro. Yeah. yeah, but, but uh, yeah. yeah so, so the the uh, the reason for this episode was I on the list of topics I had Alex De La, uh Iglesia. Um, I don't say Hoya every time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> De Iglesia, De, De La Iglesia, and I he the had a Holyfield. Uh, yep. Stop. No. Anyway, yeah. So and Martin was like, I'll pick that one. So, um, why did you want to pick uh, the uh, Iglesia as a topic? Um, because I'm a big fan of Alex de la Iglesia, and I know he has a pretty direct connection to Pedro Almodovar. Like, uh, Almodovar produced his first film, um, Acción Mutante, which is a really cool Spanish science fiction, low budget, almost like a trauma movie sort of thing. Um, and I found it when I was in high school and just thought it was like the coolest movie ever. <laughs> and it was supposed to be a short film. And then Almodovar was like, oh, maybe it should be like three episodes of a TV miniseries type of thing. And then eventually it sort of turned into a movie. And then um, that film was actually, he wanted Javier Bardem to star in that before Javier Bardem had really been in anything. But, uh, uh, he, he, you know. He wouldn't work with him until this. And then he followed it up with um, Day of the Beast, which Almodovar did not produce. He was like, okay, this might be a little bit too easy even for me. It's, it's all about uh, Satanists. And it's about um, this priest who has to find the Antichrist. And in order to do so, to fight evil, he has to do all these evil things to get close to the Antichrist. And it, it's... Um, yeah, it's pretty satirical. It's it's a really funny movie. Huh. Uh, it, it's an awesome movie, actually. And then, I guess that was a huge success, and that kind of led to Perdita Durango, which um, I think at one point Almodovar had kind of looked at maybe directing himself before passing on. And then it was going to be a Biggest Luna movie, who um, 
I think that's kind of who Javier Bardem made his name with. You think about those like early Javier Bardem films. A lot of them are, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's it called? Uh, Three Ages of Lulu and um, Huevo de Oro. You know, and he's fantastic in those movies, and they're a little bit sexy. And you can kind of imagine what that would be like if he had directed Perdita Durango. But um, I guess he had wanted to do something that was maybe a little bit more political. And Barry Gifford, who had wrote, written the novel that this is based on, uh, he wasn't really interested in it being adapted in that direction. So eventually it went to Alex de la Iglesia. And uh, maybe we should say, too, that Perdita Durango... She's a character in Barry Gifford's series of novels, which follow a lot of the same characters. Um, and another film adaptation of his books is Wild at Heart, the David Lynch film. And in that film, the character Perdido Durango is played by Isabella Rossellini. So there's kind of a connection there, although there's nothing really connecting these Wild at Heart and Perdido Durango, the films, you know, they're they're just kind of two different adaptations of uh, Gifford's novels that happen to share a character. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I like this film a lot. I don't always like films that have, huh? you know, a, a shrill kind of energy, but this one really works for me. And, you know, I like stuff like Predator 2, which also is a film where people take facefuls of cocaine and, sort of violence in it and the I love the way it draws on like Mesoamerican mythology and some of these like occult references and stuff like that a little bit of uh, voodoo even how that's kind of worked into the story and uh, just the energy of this film I really like um, I like the sex scenes where mm -hmm. they're not trying to be you know delicate and classy they're you know very <laughs> very uh aggressive, aggressive. i guess yeah, say. That's, that's <laughs> which you know it's just it's, it's something different to see like you know them pulling their clothes off in front of a cactus and or banging the bed up against the wall stuff like that i think is just fantastic to see um you know it's full of I mean, the whole cast is really fantastic. I think, like, Rosie Perez, this is maybe my favorite thing that she's ever done. Like, she's so ferocious in this movie. You know, I like... Like, she's got that kind of, like, compact... It, you know, she makes me think of, like, a, a coil that's been compressed. You know, it, she's just got this energy to explode outwards. And Javier Bardem, of course, like, he's one of my favorite actors. And this film, he's really just playing a, a monster, but maybe one that's not entirely unlikable right. way. Uh, so I, I like that quite a bit. I, I like that he rocks the terrible haircut and the mustache and everything. Um, look, look, you know, but, awful. He looks like he had a really fun time. He, he, he's, oh my God, the, the scene where he's bebopping along to the Spanish flea. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> I that just was, love the great. look on his face. Yeah, that's you know, very. But also the, the reaction, the guy, the guy, the guy's reaction is like, "This can't fucking be happening." This is not as that. The the, the so girl funny. from his dad was like <sighs> referencing it. Really yeah, but, yeah. And he's like apologizing. He's like, "I'm sorry for what my people have done to your people." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, yeah, like James Gandolfini in this. Is, yeah, is he awesome. was great. I love, I love his, I love his like. 
when he gets hit by the car, and then he's just bloody for the rest of the movie. It's great. <laughs> that's a stunt he took himself. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and then putting Alex Cox as his sidekick for some yeah, reason yeah. is, is hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, throwing in Screaming Jay Hawkins in there. Like, um, I also think of, like, Screaming Jay Hawkins from Mystery Train, where he eats the plum. But in here, he, like, he gets to do his whole, his whole witch man act and the way he moves his fingers and his hand across as he's performing and the way he uses his voice is just really entertaining to watch um yeah the, yeah, the whole, whole whole cast, cast i think is really, really really great damien bashir before he's really famous and yeah, i guess now he, plays like bad guys in godzilla movies <laughs> yeah, yeah he looks so strange with no facial hair <laughs> um like he needs even, like uh, uh, Santiago Segura, who he's in pretty much all of Alex de la Iglesias movies, and he shows up in stuff like I think he's in, I think I he's think in Blade Two, 2 for a little bit. Like he, he yeah, yeah I'm he, looking through his IMDb. He shows up in Hellboy. Shows up in Pacific yeah, yeah. But he started off. He was just friends with Alex de la Iglesia. He he wasn't really like an actor. He was just his film buddy, and he would stick him in his movies. And then eventually he. Um, he, he, he looks, looks quite a bit different now. Like he, he lost a lot of weight, but he was in those Torrente um, cop movies. I think he was also he was also in. Uh, oh, can I, I? Am I even allowed to title movies on a podcast? Uh, he was in the one where Sandler played two parts in 2011. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one. Oh, that's uh, a Duncachino uh, Duncan 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 one? one? Yes, yes. <laughs> Duncachino one. Uh, but he's in that whole series of uh, Torrente movies, which I think he's he might direct those himself. I'm not positive, but like now, he, now he's like a big star in Spain. Spain. And they're kind of like, they're a little bit like Naked Gun, but cruder, those movies. Um, but I, I don't know. It's fun just watching him get immediately betrayed by Javier Bardem's character, Romeo. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I, I, again, I'm just kind of gushing about the cast, but I, I love everyone in this movie. Yeah, um, I first, I, I first heard this maybe like three years ago when and, the Severin um, Blu-ray came out. Yeah, and it was kind of like really hyped up as like this is the craziest movie you'll ever see, <laughs> and uh, and that's all I ever heard for a couple of years. And so then I finally sat down watching. I liked it, but it was it was a bit overhyped. Okay, that might have been me hyping it. I'm sorry. No, it, I wasn't. It was just like I, I used to listen to a lot of more horror podcasts. I don't listen to really any at all anymore because you know I'll, I'll keep my opinion to myself. But uh, it, it's just so hyped up, and, and it's kind of like oh, this it's good, and you know, almost like it's. Yeah, it's just kind of like it's kind of like the way I am with like certain other famous movies. Where it's like this is a, it's so fucking crazy, and I watch it. And I'm like, I don't know, it's it's still good. It's just like <laughs> I mean, I mean, there is like uh, there are a lot of crazy elements in the movie, and it definitely is not your average action thriller by any standard. Yeah. But I think when yeah, I think anything, anytime you read too many like this is the most this kind of thing movie ever like it's kind of bound to to set you up for a minor disappointment or at least yeah but yeah. i'm glad you at least enjoyed it yeah uh 
I like. I've only seen other one other Glacier movie, um, the the Last Circus. Oh, I saw that one. That too. one's really good. And yeah. that one I really liked because it was just I saw the trailer on a DVD, like years ago. I, need I, to forgot, I forgot what what, 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 what what the mo- movie was, but I saw the trailer for this weird circus movie. I was like, I have to see this. <laughs> and so like, I, I've all it stuck with me all these years. Uh, and I think an our actor is the clown in it but if i'm not 100 percent if it's him or not see some crossover with almodovar's regulars they'll show up like sometimes in these movies even just for a couple minutes but um i i know he said he thinks his two best movies are the last circus and perdita durango so those are his his picks Um, that's interesting i need to rewatch i want to rewatch the last circus i think when i first watched it i was in the midst of my like uh, anti uh, action essentials, blood and movies phase, <laughs> and there's quite a bit of that in, in Last Circus, and and so having now kind of grown up a bit, I want to rewatch it and just get over that shit. Because I remember it was a fun, you know, there was some like I remember like the story was fun, and I liked how messed up it got at the end. I guess without spoiling anything. But also, don't go see it. I'm not promoting the movie. I'm not promoting any of these movies. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Never listen to me again. It's fine. I just happened to see a movie one time. It's okay. Okay. Um, Joel, the star of the last circus is one of the gay flight attendants, and I'm so excited. Cool. It's I like those the, people. The... It's the the which one was it? I think he's the, the bigger guy. The bigger guy, the one who's okay. wearing like the the eyeliner. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 real bitchy one. That that's um, he's a oh, um, Carlos uh, Carlos Arias. Uh, yes, and I believe he showed up on Drag Race Spain. That's cool. Uh, a few uh, one of our people, well, Alaska, who was a, a a pop star in the '80s, she was in the first Amovar movie. She's on, she was on an episode of Drag Race Spain. Also, I think another Amovar person popped up. But I can't remember who it is. That's not relevant. Anyway, Joel, did did you like this movie? Had you heard of this movie before? Yeah, it was on my list because I like well, or. Uh, uh, what is the other one, the David Lynch movie? Uh, well, Lost Heart. Not Lost Heart, fuck. Uh, Wilder Heart, yeah. Okay, that's what I was going to say, and then I thought, wait, is that the Christian Slater movie? Uh, he's got a monkey heart. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say True Romance, but the monkey heart is... Yeah, Untamed. Okay. Now, uh, yeah, I like uh, Wilder Heart is like on my top ten tattooed to my brain movies like i i love that and uh so i know the spinoff basically there and i i love rosie perez uh but that's about all i knew about it so i you know i was looking forward to watching it and i did i did really enjoy it uh even with the my usual caveat that takes away points you know the rape scenes um, I still think that everything else around it was chaotic, fun, gross, 
and just just like had the right kind of energy, I'd say. Okay. Uh, yeah, so like the first thing I really stuck at was, was this supposed to, was this like the first big English language thing for Javier Bardem? I think so, yeah. See, I was wondering and about that. because this was not like a breakout for him, though. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I feel like maybe it should have been, but the film got buried for two years after it was finished. And uh, I, I guess, you know, he just didn't um, catch on in America until like a little bit later. Like, I think the era when I think of him getting really famous, it was like Goya's Ghosts and then later uh, No Country for Old Men and uh, like around that time. But um yeah, I was going to say about No Country for Old Men. Like, I remember like something about him having to learn lines phonetically because he didn't know English. And like, wait, this movie came out years before that. Yeah, that and, I, I'm sure that story is not true. Yeah, <laughs> so, that can't be true. That be that's so, so weird. weird. Yeah, Th- that feels like a real like somebody made it up and put it on IMDb kind of a exactly. Of yeah, yeah. Or the studio was like trying to get that Oscar attention like look at all the work he had to do for the part mm-hmm. okay um, I want to double check something Javier Bardem is in a couple of Mortifar movies he has a he has a bit part in Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown mm-hmm. he has a, a bit part in High Heels which we covered yeah, so already we've already seen him one time yeah, he, in high heels. He's the cameraman who like sticks his head out once, and you're like, "Is that Javier Bardem?" And then that's all you get of him. And he's the star of Live Flesh, which came out this the same year. Well, luckily, the has star no sex of Wild Wild Crocodile. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like one of those actors where I always think that. Um, like he's really one of the best around, and then Hollywood's like, ah, what do we do? Like, I guess he's a James Bond villain. He's a villain in something. He's a little bit like Mads Mikkelsen, you know, where it's like, oh, we have this fantastic actor. What do we do with them? Uh, he's, he's a bad guy in the thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he yeah, pirates the Caribbean. You, you can be a bad guy in that. Uh, an Indiana Jones bad guy. You know, like they're <laughs> they just get stuck in those kinds of roles. Vicky Cristina Barcelona. He's a bad guy. <laughs> is he is he a bad guy in the pirates movie he's in? Yeah, he's the bad so. guy. He's he's the the evil ghost pirate. I saw, I saw that, that entire movie, movie and I remember like nothing of it. Yeah, <laughs> did I even see that? <laughs> I, I remember that's, the special effect of him looking like, like transparent, transparent kind of, but that's about, that's about it. it. Okay, he's a little Little Mermaid. He's oh yeah, he's uh, King Triton. Truly, the bad guy of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you his performance is good, though. He's probably the best part of that movie. I, I would not be surprised. I, I haven't seen it, but I haven't either. And don't see it. I'm not promoting it. No, don't, <laughs> don't, just don't. Just don't. Can just I? Don't. Can I tell people to see stuff? I'm not an actor. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. We we can do it. Jared uh, just can't. I can't. Okay. I won't see any new movies because. Those I'm on strike. I very much do support the strike, and I believe yeah, yeah. that uh, everyone, you know, actors, writers deserve to get paid and not replaced by AI. 
So because of that, I also have to say, don't go see The Little Mermaid. Don't go see Perdita Durango. Don't go watch anything. But also do what you want with your life, and I can't control you, so there you go. Uh, so, uh, uh, Martin, yes. did you partially pick this movie because the Burt Lancaster uh, angle? Sure. I, <laughs> one once, I saw, I once I saw Burt Lancaster stuff, I was like, oh, okay. That's, yeah. that, that's his favorite Hollywood actor. There's a reason he picked this movie. I, I mean, I like that Javier Bardem's character, Romeo's favorite movie is Vera Cruz and he wants to be like Burt Lancaster even even in How He Dies and you get that really amazing death scene where James Gandolfini like morphs into Gary Cooper and he's in the movie like oh, what an awesome ending <laughs> I mean the whole like last couple minutes of the film is just fantastic but that really sticks out in my mind as a great scene um, also his his cousin is played by his brother yeah Carlos Carlos Bardem yeah just thought I'd mention that there's a couple, a couple Bardems, Bardems out, out there. there. I did notice yeah. the Bardem credit, but then I forgot about it. And his, I think his uncle is a director or producer. I think so. I he's a he, he has a connection to to film. Yeah, yeah. His brother's been in a bunch of movies too. I, I remember checking after he was like, not nothing, but <laughs> he had a bunch of credits. He was in something for sure. Yeah. So. uh... Okay, so I guess I want to first talk about. Uh, I think this is the only time I've ever seen Rosie Perez as like the the star of something. I've always seen her as a kind of think uh, think of stuff like um the Wesley Snipes Woody Harrelson movie where she's like the girlfriend or something. The the what, Jeopardy can't jump. Yeah, but like. She's yeah, also this? in Untamed Heart, <laughs> the, the, the Baboon Heart movie. She looks <laughs> Yeah, but this is the first time it's like, oh, why why didn't she star in more stuff? She's great. She's, She's really, really great in this. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, like, you, you described it perfectly as it's like this coil, like that she's coiled up and like it's this explosive and it's like, yeah, like she's uh, like threatening in this, which I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that was a fetish, but <laughs> I mean, she's also like, can I say she's really sexy in this in a dangerous way, which I think is cool. <laughs> I think like, that's part of the point because yeah. I was feeling that too. Because like she I, might I, kill I really me, like but that. it would be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and just from that like opening dream of her facing the jaguar in bed like that's such a like sexy mysterious dangerous way to set the movie's tone like i really like that also yeah and like uh i i, I looked up some like user review stuff on Lightbox to see like the the oh, reputation yeah, the consensus is especially with like regards to the middle portion of the movie but like, I saw a lot of people saying like if like I recommended this because I love From Dust Till Dawn I'm thinking like I can see oh. the connection but this is actually good <laughs> well the thing that makes me think of but good is um, is some of Rob Zombie's movies and like I don't uh, yeah. I don't hate Rob Zombie's stuff the way that some people do but I'm like yeah. you know this is a lot like 
Devil's Rejects, except I, I like oh, it yeah. more. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I like Devil's lot, Rejects yeah. actually, but like it's more pleasant. Probably. Yeah, it's not. I, 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 I feel like obviously this movie much. has a level of griminess, but like Rob yeah. Zombie's movies are like grimy incarnate. But I think yeah. that like <laughs> shrillness that he goes for, and as far as having these characters who are just you know completely outside of morality or have an inverse morality where they're doing all these awful things, but like, Hey, they're family. And here they're not family. It's like, Hey, they, they love each other. These two characters yeah. care about each other. It's, it's similar. Yeah, um, but, yeah, but I, 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 I like this more. I think, I, I think yeah. it works a little bit better. Oh yeah. Like I, I love Rob Zombie in general, but, uh, uh, this yeah, is more like, fun like, to like, watch. Yeah. It's more fun. Like, like, like for me, like I, don't, I haven't talked about this before, but like when I discovered his movies when I was a teen, it was like, oh, you can make movies that are just unpleasant to sit through. <laughs> this is this is revolutionary. <laughs> and like that's why like Devil's Rejects always stuck with me so much because like it's the first time I saw I, I saw a movie I enjoyed that was just like gross and grimy. Yeah, I feel like I kind of had that sort of. Similar reaction to like Michael Hanukkah's movies. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit, you can go real fucking hard with the misery here. <laughs> <laughs> and his stuff is, is not. It's like, if you're enjoying this, there's something wrong with you. Like, the oh, whole yeah, point definitely. of funny games, it's like, <laughs> how dare you watch this movie? Yeah, a more I can never watch again because uh, of my, my, my job. And. Yep. My both my grandmas have died in the past couple of years, so like a more oh, thank you, but like a more is like, oh, I went through this twice. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to go through not, this not, again. Yeah, yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. It's not an emotional experience you want to have. Yeah, like the piano teacher is a was a mm. much easier watch than the more for me. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you, you you that did one's more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are uh, obviously lots of hard to watch moments in that, but it's I mean, yeah, yeah, it's hard to watch. But I was like, it's sort of I'm so not, divorced I'm not, from like. I'm not depressed watching it. I mean, on the well, spectrum between like Michael Haneke on one side and Paul Verhoeven on the other, where like Paul Verhoeven is, you know, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my cake and eat it too when it comes to the satire and the violence and still enjoy it, but also say it's bad. And Michael Haneke is like. I'm gonna have my cake and also go fuck yourself. You know, I think this is closer to the Paul Verhoeven yeah, side of the spectrum. Yeah, it's closer to Verhoeven for sure. Uh, yeah, aesthetically, Zanke would never yeah. have any kind of action sequence with like excitement or 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 even like I don't know people getting shot on screen or whatever. It would all happen like at a distance or partially blocked, and it's no music and it's horrifying and realistic as fuck yeah i mean funny (laughs) games is like the exact the exact example of how he approaches the idea of enjoying violence yeah like the closest you'll ever get yeah there's like you know one time a dude gets shot but then it gets rewound so never happened and like everything else is like off screen and horrifying (laughs) (laughs) yeah Don't go see Funny Games. I'm not promoting Funny (laughs) Games. Don't watch it. Just don't. Just don't. This has nothing to do with the strike. Someone else can tell you to watch the movie, and that's fine. And then maybe you might decide to watch the movie because someone else told you to watch it. But do not watch it because I happened to mention it once, 
uh, on this podcast. I will not say whether or not it's one of my favorite movies or not. It could very well be one of my favorite movies, but I will not let you know that. But it might be. You're not, it might not advocating for or against. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to see if I can pave a new road here, like in terms of the discussing about movies without actually promoting them. Because I'm a movie person, and it's tough to not talk about movies because I'm on strike. Honestly, I think that's actually kind of healthy. Like so much of film criticism boils down to like a recommendation or not and i don't know it feels like an uninteresting way to actually approach films yeah, talk about it's films and a lot yeah, of it's like it's like, like, like there's something gross to me about more it. about the movie but also at the same time i can see it serves a function because like i might be like hey is this a movie i should see but i don't want to know everything yeah. about it i don't want to get a whole analysis of the movie before I've, I've, I've laid my eyes on it so i get that like the recommendation, not recommendation, sort of base, you know, quote-unquote critics or reviewers or whatever the fuck. But also, if I want deeper analysis, that's not who I turn to. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, I just remember, every once in a while I'll tweet about a film and I'll say something that is, like, a kind of a harsh critique, and a person is like, oh, man, I'm so disappointed, I was looking forward to seeing that. I'm like, well, you can still see it. Like, I'm not saying you should yeah. see the movie. You know, stuff it's like weird. that. I Some think people is... are also like that too, where it's like they they're just like, oh, he didn't like it. All right, I won't watch it. And I, I feel like maybe I was a bit like that for for a while too. There's definitely like it can be nerve nerve wracking. Also, I feel like if like someone you respect doesn't like something, and then like you watch it and then you like it and then there, sometimes you can have that like anxiety of like oh god what are they gonna think of me i like the thing they hate but it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day yeah. <laughs> no it, it doesn't i mean that, that, that was me for a long time when i'd be around a horror fan and be like oh i like that with rejects and they'd be like well you're stupid for liking it yeah. and that's the thing too though i don't like that kind of credit where yeah. like you're saying a movie is stupid or you're saying the people who enjoy the movie is stupid with some exceptions. Yeah. Obviously, there are exceptions yeah. to that rule. But, like, there's times where I just feel like it's a little, like, what are you actually saying if you're just calling people stupid? Yeah, again, relating back to my, my not comment about horror podcasts and horror fandom. Uh, anyway. Uh, no, but, like, I, I would rather be around somebody who disagrees with me about a film that hasn't more interesting opinion than just like yeah no i didn't like sucks. it yeah, yeah. richard <laughs> brody is the ultimate example of that i feel like of like someone i don't always agree with mm-hmm. but i'm always interested to see his take i, I saw the other day him tweeting about um, how he thinks the old boy remake by spike lee is better than the original i'm like yeah that's a bold one that i'd love to read and understand more but i just i'm like okay that's 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 cool and i bet he he, he articulates it beautifully i sure. bet he does a, i bet like i'll read his article about the old boy movies and i'll be like wow okay you know that's a very well considered perspective and i don't fault him at all for it <laughs> No, I think we need to dissect that person's brain. <laughs> what about the people who, and there, there are multiple who defend she hate me. By multiple, yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. I know. All I know about that one is the classic like sperm shot where it's all <laughs> uh, what's his name. Oh really? I've never seen that before. 
Okay. <laughs> well, Jared, you don't really need to watch it. They're lesbians. It's about um, Enron. If you if you know what that is, oh, that thing. Right. Enron sperm lesbians. Um, you don't really need to watch it, All honestly. Right. <laughs> I mean, you. Can, and if you if you want to go go for it, but it's over two hours. Uh, I don't it, mind. Over, I mean, this movie was over two hours. You know, uh, Shihami is a long over two hours. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess, you know, you know that, like, Spike Lee is, like, a graduate professor at NYU, and that yeah. he, before, for his class, he, like, hands out, like, a list of a hundred movies that you have to watch as a prerequisite. And she hate me is on there? I don't know. But, like, what if it was... <laughs> of all the movies for him to pick, that'd be a, that'd be a weird one to pick. What if he was like, that's the most misunderstood movies, movie, uh, and I want all of you to watch it and understand <laughs> what can happen when your intentions are not read properly? Because I, I thought it was funny when I was writing the um, the Apocalypto book that it came up as like a film on his list of 100 movies that everyone should watch, or like his 100 favorite movies, he put Apocalypto on there, so... I'm like, well, that's worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, 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 I think my I think what I've decided is that maybe I'll watch Mel Gibson movies after he dies. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I think I'll just wait for him to die and then I'll watch his movies. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean I like, like the a little I have spoiler. not brought this up with my family yet. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, it's been sort of like kind of a thing where, where we've just never we've kind of boycotted him a bit, but I've had that, this uh, thought like, well, what about when he dies? I mean, that's yeah, yeah. It's all... There are some movies of his, not promoting, not promoting, not promoting, not promoting. This is personal, personal thought. You can do whatever the fuck you want with your life, and don't don't trust me at all. But like also. There are some Mel Gibson movies that I've always wanted to watch, like Lethal Weapon, Apocalypto. I kind of do want to see because I've heard it's good. I do not want to see Passion of the Christ. That one I can kind of go without. That one's fine. Um, (laughs) That's kind of. I'll send you a copy of my Apocalypto book, and you don't have to watch the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just read the book. (laughs) Just it's a it's it's like a partly historical critique and uh, like a commentary on the film but it, it got annoying after a little bit having people be like so why'd you write a book about a Mel Gibson movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's not like that it's a book about a movie it's not a book about a Mel Gibson movie come on well uh kind of is but yeah oh, oh we got a big Mel Gibson fan here oh no. <laughs> but uh like on a similar topic, I've been contemplating maybe do an episode on the Tenet, the Roman Polanski movie. Oh yeah, which I fucking love it. But also, I feel weird talking about Roman Polanski for that long. Yeah, because it's, so, it's dark. It's crazy it, how it's, it's gone back. It's like I feel like it's yeah. gone, you know, over the decades. It's like switched back and forth, and now it's very firm, firmly on the side of like, yeah, what the fuck, bro. Yeah, and also um, it, the movie stars Roman Polanski, which is like it has it has the worst tagline of any movie ever made. Not 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 hyperbole. I will give context, but the 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 tagline for on poster is nobody gets you like Roman Polanski. Nobody gets you like Roman Polanski. Yeah, and it came out during the rape trial. 
That's bad. Yep. That's yeah. Bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Real, real bad timing. Yeah, that's that 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 I would I would even say maybe that was intentional. <laughs> uh, uh, I really don't know. The movie's great, but good lord, it was just it, it was kind of cursed from the get go. Wonder what he thinks of Perdita Durango. Hmm. I don't care what he thinks. <laughs> I mean, I don't care, but like, I wonder, you know, like to just like read and be like, hmm, okay, okay. And then wait, I got a sec. Wait. So yeah. Isabella Johnny is in the Tenant, and she has that amazing performance in Possession, where she's shaking around and doing that. And that reminds me of Happy Hour Den in Perdita Durango. Oh yeah, he's doing doing the voodoo stuff, right? When he's when doing he's the voodoo, voodoo stuff, stuff and yeah. his eyes roll up and he's shaking and vibrating and that kind of performance where it's very physical and you're just kind of marveling at a person being able to do stuff like that with their body. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Back to the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I, I've only seen, like, I haven't seen that many Javier Bardem movies because I've seen um, uh, the English title's Golden Balls. Uh, oh yeah, that's a, the a Luminous one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like that movie. You, you get to see him get cucked by um, Del Toro in it. Uh, Benicio Del Toro in one scene. It's a crazy sex scene too, actually. Uh, that's a spoiler, I guess. But I, I guess movies... that, that makes up for uh, Ages of Lulu, where there's a three-way. Oh, yeah. I think it's, it starts a three-way, but then just ends up Del Toro just fucking the woman, and Javier is like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Sitting there in the bed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, see, so seeing that, um, the the like the big ones, you know, um, No Country for Old Men. The first time, was it the first time or something? Probably. And um, oh, mother! I always forget he's in that. Could he spare? I feel like he's barely in it. He's in, he's in it quite a bit, I thought, right? He's, yeah, I, he's, he's in I can't a lot of it. Um, I, I feel like he's just a little bit more subdued in that one. Uh, it's maybe meant to be like the, the right, like the creator. He's God, basically, and she's Mother Earth, maybe, and... Yeah, <laughs> Maybe not on recording, but I'll do my impression of uh, Jennifer Lawrence in that movie for you after if you want. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, had fun, I had fun with Mother. I, I won't... I, I I'm not like a Darren Aronofsky. I haven't. There's a lot of his movies. Uh, movies I still haven't seen yet. Some of his like major works I still haven't seen yet. Uh, but Mother I had fun with. He, he's, he's one, one of those guys, guys where I'm like, like oh, Mother's, Mother's terrible, terrible. But also, this isn't everyone's favorite movie of the year. I'm gonna be mad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that one was a lot of people. I don't know. I don't think it was a favorite for people, but I had fun no. with it. I, I I like what he does. I, I think he should also, just keep doing it. Also, I was I was a freshman in, in film school when I saw it, and I feel like it's very much a movie that's like maybe geared toward that sensibility a bit. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably true of a couple of uh, Darren Aronofsky's movies, but um, he's yeah, they're very like, like flashy kind of sort, sort of like look what I'm doing here. Ooh, like he's a real artiste. Like I'm, I'm doing the Bible in a house. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Yeah, I would say about the mother, it's the worst movie you see in a theater if you have migraines. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was the worst 
one of the worst theater, exper- theater experiences that I ever had. And uh, it, it was my day off too, so I was like, I'm not wasting my. I'm not going to drive back home an hour. I drove an hour to get here. <laughs> I'm gonna, I had that with, uh, with Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. I went to see with some friends in 3D, and like five minutes in, my eyes just started watering, and they didn't stop for like the entire runtime. And that's not a short movie. So I think after that, I put a kibosh on the. 3D movies. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for you. I still haven't actually seen that movie. If you want a migraine, uh, the best way to watch it is in 3D. So, there you go, non-promotion. Don't see the movie. It's like anti-promotion. It's it's uh, not demotion, I guess. We're not demoting it, but we're not promoting it. What's the word? Uh, Anti-moting? I don't know. Demoting. Uh, uh, J uh, Dog, you've been quiet for a while. What did you like about Perdido Durango? The hell are you talking about? I thought we were talking about some what? You haven't you haven't said much in a while. You've been kind of uh, quiet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I like about it, like um, hmm. Well, that whole like bad guys getting each other like instantly through whatever vibes or, or things like that. It's, I think a lot of times if there's a woman who falls for a bad guy, even if she is the bad guy herself, it becomes like so much not about the woman at that point. And this like Rosie Perez's character is a strong female character boom give me an award oh, uh, she she is the title character in the movie and so it seems like most of the decisions and follow-throughs have to go with her mood and stuff like that and like Javier Bardem is chewing on scenery but in in like a such a crazy manic way like the whole the whole Santeria ceremony things where they do something with his voice when he's doing his roar, oh, which yeah, I think is... they, they have to be. Yeah, and then later, he has following crazy Twin Peaks, they're in the middle yeah. of a dance floor, and he starts going, <laughs> again. I mean, he has a crazy deep voice already, so maybe he can do that. Mm-hmm. Impossible. Secret talent. But, like, the movie was funny, and it was exciting. And uh, Mexico, I'll, I'll take I'll take some Mexico. But it wasn't yellow. This movie are really so. cool too. Like I love just sometimes picking scenes like, oh, we're gonna shoot in an airplane junkyard, or <laughs> we're gonna shoot in this cemetery by the highway. Like I really liked all the locations that they picked for the film. It just yeah. feels more interesting than like I think I could imagine a version of this film that just doesn't look as interesting. Yeah, it it, it follows the, the trope of we mentioned already, but like um. True romance, uh, uh, Wild Heart, which is a kind of, uh, it's just kind of a sequel to that. Yeah. California uh, with a K, the David Coveney movie. Killers is kind of like that. Yeah, uh, I had another, I had a few I had written down, but I didn't, but I forgot to write them down. But, Again, um, I, I like this more than Natural Born Killers. Like, I think as far as this niche goes, this one, this one's pretty great. He was yeah. big adventure. Oh yeah, um, that, that was rejects. Just a remake of Bicycle yeah. Thieves. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like this genre of of uh, I guess subgenre or whatever, 
of like the I guess Dark Road movie is one that I uh, I don't want to say I don't like, but like as I've gotten older, I'm just less interested in watching these. And but uh, this is like a great example of like oh these can be like fun and transgressive and totally work. Where like I rewatched True Romance some a few like five or six years ago and um uh that that was a mistake. <laughs> And same with Natural Born Killers, which was like maybe seven or eight years ago. I was like, yeah, this, uh, I'm like, it's just sometimes like the, the 90s ones in particular just don't hold up as well. And so I was a little worried about this one once I realized what it was. A furnace hold on, kind of, too. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, but like this is just like a good example of how it can be done in an interesting way. But, uh, yeah, that's it. End of thought. I, I had more to go in there. Yeah, no, this one was done really well. It was very, like, you know, you don't really... I, I, I like these kind... I like it when these kinds of movies sort of have, like, an unpredictable sort of feel. Like, you don't know, like, if, if you know, things are going to go bad or if they're going to go normally and they never do but like you don't you know you can't can't predict what, what's gonna happen next and i feel like this movie kind of had had a bit of, had a bit of that uh, i really enjoyed a lot of the action at the end like in the last hour i love how it really just turns into like a shootout movie and uh i love, i'll always appreciate movies with practical squib work uh also shout out to the guy that gets run over by the truck yeah. Is, I guess he's awesome. probably buried in the ground, but that's a great shot. We just yeah. see the truck go completely over. It's him. like a sl- it slowly rolls over him. Crotch first, head second. It's I think it's like a dummy, and they ADR'd him, going like ooh ah uh, ooh. But they did it so perfectly, and the 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 whatever they had was so like the way it moved was so great, uh, and. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I had a really, you know, really basically my biggest issue, I think, and really, it's just more my level of comfort just watching, like, you know, the fucking middle portion of the movie. Um, but uh, I thought the, you know, the two actors who who, who played the, the, the people that get kidnapped and uh, assaulted and nearly murdered... Uh, they were great. I thought, like, the, the girl, the woman was, like, the way she played, like, the sort of the trauma of, like, going through that situation felt very real or just, like, yeah, where she just, sort of, there were moments where she just felt very, very fucking stressed. Yeah, um... I'm not sure, well, um, Martin, you, you probably know, but, like, she is in another movie, I think, from this year, that, uh, with, um, Pam Greer. In a movie from this year with Pam Greer? I think it's 97. Um, she's in Jackie Brown. Who's she in Jackie Brown? She is the girl that works at the, um, department store during the, uh, um, trade-off with the suitcase, with the bags. Yeah, in that little clothing place that she goes to. I, I don't yeah. remember it, her in that, but it's been a little oh. while since I've watched uh, Jackie Brown. I watched, I watched that movie, like, on repeat a lot in high school, so, like, 
every face in that movie sticks out to me. So this whole time, I'm like, I've seen that face. I can't figure out where it's from. <laughs> but yeah, that, that spontaneity in the film, I think, is really fantastic how it's pulled off. And just, you know, when, when Rosie Perez and Javier Bardem in the, are in the bathtub and she's, like, chewing on his toes saying, I think we should, like, find some people and eat them. Like, yeah. <laughs> the way yeah, she that says that is so that great. I mean, you guys, you, Jared, you said you were uncomfortable with, like, the middle section. Just the, the, the rape stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, but, like, that was... Simultaneously, like, raping yeah. the two people they kidnapped. That was but the, 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 the toe-sucking for me was, like, this is a step too far. I can't, I can't, I can't with this. Weirdly, the toe-sucking, I... Well, I, I just watched another movie recently. I will not name, I guess, because it's a movie that's in theaters right now. Uh, and I don't want to promote it, but I enjoyed it. But I won't promote it. Uh, where there's a toe-sucking shot. So I think I've my... my uh, uh, it was admittedly an even grosser sort of situation no. than this movie, so... I think... It was a really, really weird scene at Across the Spider-Verse, let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to say the movie. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're not supposed to say the movie. Uh... But, but, uh, but yeah. I'll just say there's another movie in theaters where, where like, uh... A a a a entity is the one sucking the toe. Hmm. I was shocked when Barbie sucked that toe. toe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Once again. (laughs) I think I think Alan would be the one forced to suck a toe on Barbie. I mean, I don't. I honestly, if if Barbie the movie had a toe sucking scene, I wouldn't have thought it was that weird because you know what, people are weird. Barbie is weird. Like you could have a scene of like a little little tiny girl sucking sucking on a Barbie Barbie doll's toe, not not aware of what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. kids will chew those plastic, plastic yeah feet and heads, heads right, right off. off. But, but, yeah, I mean, you ever look at like a kid's collection of old Star Wars toys and just notice, notice that, that somebody was on chewing feet. on that head? Yeah. <laughs> um, there should have been a scene in Barbie where mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino walks out of a building and he has a, a toy in his mouth already and he mm. sees the real Barbie and he's like, oh my god. Yeah, and his mouth like drops open and the toy falls on the floor. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of feet, feet shots on Barbie, so... There were. Yeah, so he would be into it. That, that <laughs> giant, giant, glorious feet poster. Have you yeah. seen it's it's in the, like, it? Was in, they had it at the AMC Lincoln Square. Uh... And every time I went to a movie there for the last like month or so, I'd go up the the escalators, and you treated to like a ten foot tall poster of Margot Robbie's feet. Giant woman. And it's amazing. <laughs> and I, I hope that Tarantino made it to. Either he made it to New York City to see that poster, or they have one just like that at one of the gigantic LA theaters that he probably frequents. I think we all know that he'd see that poster in a theater and he'd be like, "I'm done. I gotta go. I gotta change pants." Yeah, honey, honey, you, you have to see this poster. poster. He wears his white pants out those days. <laughs> oh. Well, <you're> <laughs> 
Martin, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know it ended up like this. I, I think Perdita Durango has deranged uh, us, you know? <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Just like the Have two kidnapped kids. Have you story about getting the rights to Spanish, uh, Spanish Flea for this movie from Herb Alpert? Oh, God. Is that a, was it like a terrible process? Well, uh, apparently they they sent him the script and said, like, hey, can we can we use Spanish Flea? And he was like, no. And they're like, yeah, okay, we get it. This movie's full of sex and violence. And he's like, no, it's because the kid said, that's what my dad listens to. And he didn't want his music to sound like it's just for old people. Yeah, <laughs> so that was the thing that he was upset by. So I guess they, they had to change a line where they're in the van later. Uh, where originally the kid was going to say, oh, that's what my dad listens to. But yeah. Fair enough. That's, I think it's great though the way he does say it because he doesn't need to say that he just has to say oh my god you're fucking kidding me and you know exactly why and that's what makes this... that joke work I think yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I love I love the dad character who yeah I wish he was in it more he has it was, a... I, was, uh, I was so sorry to see what happens to him but yeah, it was a funny moment it did make me laugh the but exact sort of dad that more. just makes you uncomfortable like Oh, so that's where the kids are going these days. Like, uh, just don't talk. <laughs> the kind of dad that looks like he sweats a lot. Just, <laughs> just when he's talking. Yeah, like he he had like a perfectly this like his voice is so weird. I can't pinpoint why his voice is so weird, but like it, it just sound like it's such this like I don't know There's if he had voice acting. Yeah, like if he, he would be a good voice actor. He he died, uh, recent a few years ago, I think. But he's a Mex he's a Mexican actor. Uh, I should have I should have his name ready. Uh, what was it anyway? But like this, like I don't want to say Lynchian, but there was like he he would fit in with a Dave Lynch movie. This is his energy. Sure, that sort of delivery. I, I think you're right. Yeah, it's it's kind of like delivery and um, uh, why can't I think of anything? The first Dave Lynch movie with the baby, weird baby. Yeah, it's like, kind of like the dad in that and the chicken scene where he has that weird yeah. monologue about oh, yeah. the chickens. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Since <laughs> uncomfortable dad. Uh, Roger Kudney. Uh, But uh, yeah, so he's the he's a whole bunch of stuff. But most importantly, he's in Slaughter, the Jim Brown movie. Oh yeah. And he, okay, my cat's trying to open a cabinet. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> What's inside the cat? No box for you. Cat in there. It's got to be something good. Party party skeleton. skeleton. Right. What's in the box? Oh, sorry. It had to be done. No, she. I'm trying to punish her for oh. trying to break into the cabinet. We have baby guards, baby locks on the cabinets because it's such a problem. Hey, you got a little, you got a little cat thief. Yeah, and sometimes she'll disappear for hours, and it's like where if you don't know where she is, and you just look in the top cabinet, and it's like, oh, she climbed up there, and she's just been sleeping. Oh. Mm. She likes to That's cute. Just, like, or, or yeah, or she'll, she'll go, go and like step on all the clean dishes and stuff. 
Yeah. It's her world, you know. Yeah. You guys are just living in it. Yeah, pretty much. I guess. Yeah. No, James Gandolfini and uh, the whole, you know, Mexico and back into America uh, on your way to Vegas thing. I just, I couldn't help but think of that movie, The Mexican with Brad Pitt and uh, Julia Roberts and, and James Gandolfini. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's, that's about where the comparison stops. Although <laughs> that, that movie was also weirdly violent sometimes. I was Gordon Verbinski, oh. right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's why I know about it. I need no, to watch it. I'll watch it. Oh, oh, Gandolfini is also in True Romance, which is an interesting connection uh, yeah, of like, this type of movie. movie. Yeah, I think he has. Well, uh, his part, it's sort of funny. I know originally they wanted Dennis Hopper to play that part, and he's also in True Romance, so they were probably just hmm. thinking about True Romance when they were making this. Yeah. <laughs> wait, so wait, they wanted Dennis Hopper for the Gandolfini part? And yeah, for yeah, the Gandolfini, Gandolfini part. part. Imagine Dennis Hopper getting fucking creamed by a car in his first scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can just sort of picture him with uh-huh. all the bandages and the neck brace and everything like that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, uh, he seemed to me seemed to be too old to pass for as comedy. It'd be like this is kind of sad. He's the old yeah. man. Although then again, you know, an older guy gets hit by a car later on in the movie. And yeah, but I he dies. I so. have still laughed a little bit. Just a little bit. It was like a shock kind of reaction. Like holy shit. Right. The, the, the elaborate ones, yeah. nature of the flip and the shot, the way it was filmed. Yeah. The, the, fir- the first car hit was a shock, and after that's like, well, they're crossing the street. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because it's like every time, anytime one of those shots happen and they're you know, car crossing the street, even when they don't get hit, even when they don't get hit by a car, you're always like, ooh, are they going to get hit? Are they going to get hit? I love what the, when Gandolfini gets hit. It's like he gets hit on like a cut. It's like the car enters the shot and then it cuts and then he's in the air. So it's like shocking. Like, holy shit. Like you don't actually just see the, the impact a little bit. But yeah. anyway. Alright, so uh, there's a whole like through line in this movie about faith and uh... Like I, I, I've been trying. I've been thinking about it. And I'm trying to pinpoint my exact feelings on it. And like, so, I, I, so it, it, in some way, it's kind of doing like the X Files thing of one one believes, one doesn't believe. Like one's a skeptic, one is you know, but I couldn't really get past that because like at the same time, it felt not not too, not too not too per, superfluous, but it felt. Uh, um, like at the end, the one I don't know. Like, is is this movie just like pure nihilism? Is that supposed to be like the end, like end note of like the world's fucked up, and like there's no no amount of faith can help you deal with all like. Get... Sorry, the cat's I, up here. <laughs> I mean, one one thing I think the film is maybe saying about the faith is that it's maybe a self-fulfilling prophecy in some ways like I mean the Romeo character I feel like his 
his belief, he tries to make it real, and I think, I don't know, maybe there's something in the film about how we try to make our own beliefs real, and um, maybe that destroys us, I don't know. Maybe the only way to get out is not to have faith. To others, or they're not demonstrably real, it's real to us, because it's like, he, he, his life turns into a movie for a second, and right, right as he's dying, that's when it happens. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite moments is, is when he's talking to the, uh, the the captive Dwayne, right? Yeah, yeah, Dwayne. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's he's saying like, "Oh, like, what do you believe in?" And he's like, oh, "I believe in like energies, oh, yeah. And yeah, fuck energy. I'm talking about gods." <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, I love you know that pursuit of some kind of specificity of something to believe in and you know it can't be vague and um i mean that kind of makes me think a little bit of have you seen alejandro jodorowsky's two autobiographical movies yeah not a long time but yeah it was like the dance of reality and endless poetry yeah, yeah um man. like that whole idea of you know his father being this atheist and in a way his re- way of rebelling was to try to find like you know not just belief but like a very kind of baroque belief to throw yourself into and the more elaborate the better but at the end of the day it's still kind of not real (laughs) but uh you know it just made me think a little bit of that um when he's uh, drawing the connections to the meshika sacrifice and stuff like that uh it's something that he wants to try to make make real for himself but It's it's tough to say. Uh, maybe if anything, this film says about faith. Yeah, I feel like it's more just trying to be like a depraved, fucked up, fun time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. <laughs> yeah. that faith thing, which is like a, a, a variation of um, voodoo, kind of like kind of went down a rabbit hole of looking up uh, Santeria. Yeah, that's really it's interesting, because it's like a mix yeah. of, um, you had slaves like, coming over from Africa who brought their beliefs, and then you had yeah. Mesoamerican beliefs, and then you kind of mix that with Catholicism, and you get yep. uh, something that is very distinct and unique, so. Yeah, because I, I think I, I vaguely heard of it before, but like, voodoo is like West African, it's a whole time I'm thinking like, does Barry Gifford not know what, what voodoo is? Until I looked it up and learned, actually, it does come from, like, the West African stuff. Yeah. Because, like, I know voodoo is kind of like, uh, it can be used as a... Haitian voodoo and... Um, yeah. It also can be used, like, it's a vague evil thing that makes people uncomfortable. Because, like, with certain horror movies, if I see voodoo, I'm kind of like, I'm out. I don't want to watch this. Because <laughs> it can just yeah. be lazy shorthand and, uh, yeah. and be done in a way where it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, one of the only ones that I think really bothered to put in the research was uh, Serpent and the Rainbow, which still you can argue is maybe not like a good portrayal of voodoo as a belief system, since it kind of turns it all into horror anyway, but they did actually try to get the research right and get the specific details right, even though, yeah. Yeah, uh, Scream, uh, Scream, Blacklist, Scream does a pretty decent job of kind of showing voodoo 
it's not it's not uh great but still like for a, a horror movie of that era it's like oh you think you kind of tried <laughs> yeah and that that's the blackula movie with pam greer in case anyone is wondering it's the one i personally prefer blackula movie yes i prefer that one to, uh the first one is pretty good but uneven and a sequel is uh, is definitely better and pam greer elevates almost everything where does it fall on the uh, voodoo scale from one being child's play and ten being serpent in the rainbow? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, scream, blackly a scream. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, probably maybe like uh, I'd go be- between between six and seven, maybe five to six. That's fair. I, ha- That's fair. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen one in a little bit. But uh, I do remember it actually, you know, there was some effort put in. And that was one not directed by a black director. That was the person who did the Count Yor- Yorgo? Yorga? What are the yep. movies even called? Yeah, those movies. The Count Yorga movies. Which I've never seen, but one of these days I might get to it. Okay, so, um, like. So uh, aesthetically, um, Perdio Durango, it f- it feels uh, like you, got, you guys were saying Paul Verhoeven in the action, and it feels very much like um, Starship Troopers to me. It's those big gory squids. Squid. I miss them. Yeah, giant, yeah. yeah, giant blood bags bursting on people's chests. <laughs> yeah, and it's, big, and it's big like big red clot. And it's like cartoony in the way that Starship Troopers uh, action is both violent and cartoony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I guess like, I think of Robocop, Robocop is, feels a little more restrained. Uh, I mean, which version? He, he, I mean, there is I that mean, scene where Ed 209 just guns that yeah. one executive down. I mean, there's like, two <laughs> scenes where people are gunned down for over a minute each. There's I was thinking... The Ed 209, and then there's Murphy. That, that's kind of what highlights... Uh, what, what for me, highlights how Paul Verhoeven is a great director, where you have one scene where a guy gets gunned down, and it's hilarious, and then you have a scene, like, five minutes later, where a guy gets gunned down, and it's, like, heartbreaking and tragic and disturbing. <laughs> I think, so, yeah, you just, because you really hear him screaming when he's getting shot, whereas yeah, when yeah. The, the guy in the uh, office room gets shot, it's just like, you know, he does I don't think he does, <clears throat> I think he just, you know, reacts when blood goes everywhere, and then he's on the table, and he gets shot even more, and he's already dead, but with, and like, the, Murphy, that, like, because he was still alive when he's getting shot, it's just yeah. Yeah, brutal, and then I feel like, too, like, it's weird, it's like, you would think that, like, a squib full of blood would look more painful than, like, a more smoke-filled squib. And I feel like when, like, Murphy's getting shot, it's all smoke. It's like, you feel like he's getting, like, his chest blown up. Whereas with, like, the guy in the office room, it's, like, blood. It's just, like, looks cartoony. It's, like, over-the-top and funny. You know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It matches like the the almost matches the violence in Wild at Heart, but Wild at Heart violence feels a little more 
I don't want to say surreal, but like it, it feels it feels dreamier and kind of goofier. But it's definitely kind of like uh, in a similar vibe. But also, it's the same same um, source material, same writer oh, yeah. behind it. So I haven't read the book, so maybe like the violence in the books is kind of dreamy and kind of goofy. Read the books. Go read the books. I can promote books. That's fine. Go read the book. Um, <sighs> so I, I haven't read the, the Barry Gifford novel that mm. Perdita Durango was based on, but it's sort of funny that when the film was finished and he saw it, he was like, oh, like it, it's so much more dark and violent than I expected. They're like, what are you talking about? It's like a dark, violent book. He's like, yeah, but that's on the page. It's different. It's different when you actually see it. <laughs> I usually feel like the written version is worse than what they can do in film. I mean, it's kind I guess of the way. Maybe something about it just being kind of in your head, maybe for some people, makes it feel maybe less dangerous or less. I don't know. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean books can get away with more because it's your imagination and it depends on how imaginative you are versus, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, uh like, like this, like I'm sure on the page it reads as like violent, but uh, you know, like having the practical effects and everything is like, holy shit, does this fire wrote? <laughs> like I imagine, like he probably was, which uh, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with this. Imagining like he sees the truck full of fetuses and he's like, wait, fuck, shit. I, <laughs> I didn't mean like that. <laughs> You guys are making this sound dirty. It was no. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like so, like one, like oh yeah, one little detail I have to bring up is the the luchador stuff because oh, yeah. he robs the bank in the El Santo mask, which when I first thought, my first thought was, I think that's El Santo, and then he says it, and I felt, yeah. I felt so so uh, cool that I recognized it immediately. <laughs> And uh, then, it was a good, like, character introduction <laughs> moment where he, like, the partner goat runs ahead of him after they've escaped or they've run out of the bank, and the partner runs up ahead and he's got all the cash, and he stays behind right as a police car comes, and right as a woman in a red dress walks past him. So, of course, what does he do? He grabs her and makes out with her furiously right as the cop passes, and then she's disgusted, and he's like, Here, take the mask. It's yours now. Yeah, and El, El, El Santo means the saint in Spanish, yeah, so that ties into like the um, the whole faith thing a little bit too. Because I think I believe he was no, I think he was dead by this point. I think he was dead by ninety. Yes, he was. Blue, uh, blue demon was still original. Blue demon was still alive at this point. He didn't. He, he was. He was going to die in like two thousand, I think. Anyway, enough about uh, those two. But also, the, you see a, a club towards the end. Uh, well, that's a, that's like this, this raucous club full of smoke, and then you see like a luchador match going on, and the whole time I'm sitting there like, cut back to the match. I want to see it. <laughs> I, I just want to see the wrestling right now. I was enjoying the movie. It's like you showed me luchadors. I'm I'm more, more interested in this. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, what else? I don't know. Uh, J Dog, you got any more stuff you want to get at with this? 
Well, I I don't want to tell anyone to watch or not watch this movie. I've decided I'm also on strike. Uh, Boy, that's going to make your recommendation section very difficult, Jared. Uh, no, I don't really have anything else to say. I think I think like if you liked Wild at Art, you you'll probably like this one. It it's not exactly the same. Uh, we, we didn't really talk about like the flashbacks. Uh, no. We did talk about the the leopard sequence in the beginning, but but Perdita keeps having these flashbacks to kind of a, kind of a weird origin story, or like the last time she saw her family. I guess uh, I think that's what it is, right? Yeah, her sister. Yeah, yeah, that's really screwed up. And uh, there are that one dream sequence is so fucked up. They squid kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shock when you see that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, it's pretty good. Yeah. Don't see it. Don't don't think it. Don't don't say it. Don't don't. Just don't. Uh, okay, right bye, man. A lot, and thank you guys so much for asking me to watch it. I had a great time with it. Uh, what, what, also, what, what, I hated it. I never want to watch it again. It was the worst thing ever. All the actors <laughs> sucked. And the filmmaking was atrocious, and uh, you should never think about it ever. Don't, don't. Just don't. Just don't. But also, it was good. But uh, but also, don't. Can you just recommend the book at least? at least? Yeah, the book. I'll recommend the book that I never okay. read, but you should read. <laughs> uh, and yeah. Uh, go support the strike. I, I may or may not go to the picket line tomorrow. It's a bit late, and I still haven't had dinner, so I might. We'll see what happens. Okay. My biggest, my biggest criticism of the picket line, my only criticism, is that there's got to be more afternoon pickets for people like me who are night owls. That 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 is all. Everything else I support. Everything else I'm very pro. I, I just I, I want to support even more by going to an afternoon picket once in a while. I did go to one afternoon picket. There was like a special afternoon picket. And I went and it fucking drenched. We got <laughs> drenched. It rained so bad for like an hour. And uh, everyone got soaked. But Stephen Colbert was there serving <laughs> ice cream with oh. Ben and Jerry. Like me, Ben and Jerry serving Ben and Jerry's with Stephen Colbert. I didn't see Ben. I heard I heard Ben was there though. I did see Jerry. I saw Jerry bobbing his head to some music on on coming out of the the loudspeaker that they had. Um, so, and I did get ice cream. Stephen Colbert. I got ice cream from Stephen Colbert. That was a highlight of a very rainy protest. So yeah, go to the picket line if you can, and make your own choice whether or not you want to watch Perdita Durango or not, you know, uh, but it's I will say theaters. that I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's, it's like a gonzo road trip romance fucked up type of movie. There's some triggering things for some people that maybe they won't enjoy, uh, but then there's a lot of crazy action great great acting and some very funny moments as well uh, and I think of the Alex de la Iglesia films I've seen this is probably one of my favorites um, so yeah uh, don't see it 
Okay. I never uh, said to see it. I never, I never told. And I'm not promoting this movie. This is not. <laughs> this is not a movie. I'm not promoting. Yeah. Um, you mentioning Ben and Jerry's that reminded me. Have you seen that? There's like an Ava DuVernay flavored ice cream now. The Ben yes, and Jerry's. I have. It's like lights caramel action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you can endorse ice cream or not, but Ben and Jerry's. Uh, you can. Have a a DuVernay ice cream, I guess. Uh, uh, M Dog Martin. Yes. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, I love this movie. I I think it's really outrageous and wild. And um, again, I don't always like this sort of thing, but this one works for me. I think performances are great. It's exciting. Uh, it's it's not a new movie. It's not in theaters. His release got dumped, uh, so you know, watched or not, whichever. Yeah, it's a shame <laughs> that it got dumped when it came out. It's, it's, it sucks that there's so many great movies that, that for one stupid reason or another just get like buried by the studios. The studios that we're currently striking against. I know, I just recorded an audio commentary for The 13th Warrior, and that was another film that was uh, taken away from the director and rejiggered and dumped and it's like ah so. i just saw another one recently called below it was oh, yeah. like a submarine ghost movie okay and uh, it, was made, it was made for 40 million dollars and then it made two million dollars when it came out because it's uh, david Tully, right? to edit it for a pg-13 yeah 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 it's fucking nuts but also don't go see it don't go see it i never said go see it but also just the fact of its release and what happened to it that sucks you can do what you want about it, though. You, you know, yeah. people listening. It's I mean, a things. Buffalo, it's from 2002. Directed by the guy who did the Riddick movies. Uh, and, and the director of Perfect, Perfect Getaway. Getaway. Yeah, I never saw that. Love that one. one. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I was gonna say like I look at the Batgirl movie that they completed and oh, then like yeah, oh ta- like taxes we should get rid of it. And then they were they, they had the fucking gall to say like oh yeah we saw early cuts of it. And it would not have made us look good. When you fucking... There's another movie with another, you know... I won't name names, I won't name the movie, but everyone knows the movie I'm referring to here. Uh, Big old where swap. there's a healthy dose of controversy surrounding people involved with it that was not present with Batgirl. And uh, even if the movie was like... Even no, without the controversy of the, of the lead actor, I just, it's it's like a terrible like, film. It, it was like incredibly bad. <laughs> the other one, the the speedy guy, the speedy, yeah. speed, 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 Mister mm-hmm. Fast, Mister I go quick, uh, Quicksilver, quick. got, got no, to go, but... gotta go speedy, <laughs> gotta gotta go, gotta go. I'm not yeah, gonna but, say F A S T. The 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 slow poke, slow poke Rodriguez movie. No, yeah. see, it's just like the cinematic equivalent of like, hey, let's exhume the bodies of these pop culture fixtures that you really love and like puppeteer them, and isn't that entertaining to you? No. Oh, the 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 fucking <sighs> ending of the Speedy Boy movie. Yeah, but yeah, even but just, just like, like you know the, the big name actor who they do bring back, it's like why even why even do that? Like it's just uh. yeah. I mean, I have some you know family friends that saw it and they loved it. 
Uh, they loved the, uh, the, 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 the ending with the big balls of fun. <laughs> big colliding balls of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Directed uh, by Biggest Luna. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I feel, like, I, I, I just know that, like, I would feel kind of weird if, if, like, I died and then my face was like a cameo in a, in a movie. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't feel, you wouldn't feel anything at all. I wouldn't feel anything <laughs> at all, but like thinking about it from now, I'd be like, don't do it. Yep. Please. But also, I yeah. have no control. Yeah, it's, no, I don't want to talk about Pat Tillman right now. Let's move on. That make that, I'll get too angry. There's stuff like, I don't, yeah. there are things that you see people do who are uh, part of the estate and it's it gets justified like oh like the estates the estates that it's okay and it's just like uh like i i don't know i, I always figure if i create anything really worthwhile i'm just gonna have it so that it goes into the public domain the second i'm dead <laughs> like that, that's all i want <laughs> yeah um so before we get to recommendations um uh, screaming jay hawkins has a Muppet voice and like people I, I've said on the podcast before Muppet voice but like that's like his voice is like what I'm talking about when I say Muppet voice it's like the ideal kind of like a uh, version of of what I'm talking about he puts a spell on you yeah and like it's a very like John C. Riley has Muppet voice it's a very specific kind of like voice that uh like make it sound like a Muppet which is not an insult or anything it's just like certain people have that kind of voice no, it's you a, it's, talking shit about Muppets no. <laughs> it's become such a, a thing with my partner she, she's like they have a Muppet voice I was like, oh yeah I, yeah they do if you watch Dracula the taller Boulay uh, brother um has a real Muppet voice and it's kind of funny to hear them kind of be like playing a mean host and it's like you, you sound like you should be hanging out with Kermit right now <laughs> anyway yeah so the year 1997 a lot of stuff came out that year we've yeah. already mentioned at least one other 1997 movie yeah so I will uh, I'll be kind of quick first off the eel the MMR movie it's when this is when Omar was like, maybe humanity isn't the absolute worst, and there's it's some. It's like his apology to her movie where <laughs> <laughs> something really awful happens at the very beginning, and then the rest of the movie is like, okay, let's let's deal with this. Yeah, it, he's trying to be a little more positive on humanity. Uh, it's Omar though, so it's not that much more positive on humanity. Although I guess oh the end of the last movie he made kind of uh, is warm water under red, under <laughs> yeah the, red the end of that movie is kind of a positive yeah. spin on humanity There's a rainbow and everything I like that one <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't want to say any more about the rainbow but watch the movie if you want to know what we're talking about um, Tomorrow Never Dies uh, a Bond movie I like this one a lot has Michelle Yeoh um, that should be reason enough to watch it people like to shit on it but uh, I I just get a real yeah, kick out of it. It kind of rules. Yeah, the women, woman in witness protection, the final Juzo Itami movie. 
Uh, he died under mysterious circumstances. That yeah. you can you can look into yourself to, to decide what you think really happened. Maybe Yakuza related. Yeah, possibly, possibly, possibly. Yakuza. Yeah. And uh, two uh, two video games I want to recommend. One, Darkstalkers Three. That was that the game series is fucking amazing. If you like Street Fighter, it's like that, but monsters, and much faster. And the animators who the people who did the the, the designed the animations cited Tom and Jerry as an influence. And when you play Darkstalkers, you're like, uh, have their hair, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's Tom and Jerry shit. It and it's kind of awesome. And the other video game is Street Fighter Three. The first version, uh, without um, Chun Li and other other classic characters, at the time it was a failure, but it grew to being uh, a classic. And uh, play Street Fighter Three, play Darkstalkers. They're really great fighting games. That's it. You guys can go. Instead of doing, instead of me recommending three movies, I thought maybe I'd just go through, I'll just list off my watch list for the year 1997. Because these are all movies I have not seen, but I'd like to see at some point, maybe, if they're good. But I don't know if they're good, but they're movies that I, I have on my watch list, so I'll just mention them, and then, you know. You can make, yeah, yeah, mention a couple, yeah. I'll just go real fast, it's not that many. But you can do that later. Everyone else can do their three. Alright, J Dog. J Diesel. You're making me go. what do I do? Do you have something ready yet? I mean, there's a lot of movies here, but we've also done this year before. Yeah, a few times. So, let's see. I'm never going to remember what I mentioned before. Um. You know, in the Spike Lee season, we didn't do any of the documentaries that Spike Lee has done. And I this year, Four Little Girls came out, which is um, uh, it's about a bombing that happened in Birmingham where four girls were killed. And uh, <coughs> it's it's really striking the way that. Um, Night and Fog was, except, you know, it's a full length documentary instead of just a, a little bit of what happens in there. But you you see a lot of footage of the aftermath. You, you hear about their lives and how people reacted during yeah, that uh, time. Yeah. I guess a trigger warning, content warning, you, you see the pictures of the corpses. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they get they but, got permission from the families to show it. And it's it's very effective. Yeah, it's a very effective documentary, and I would recommend it. Uh, and, yeah, and there's a, yeah, and there's an interview with George Wallace, who was governor of Alabama at the time, or Mississippi, probably which one. And his interview is, it's kind of hilarious the way he's trying to be like, I'm not racist. I have a black best friend, and yep. black best yep. friend and is right there with him. Brings him in. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that Oil your blood. Mm. Uh, it's a great movie. Watch it and like the, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's it's definitely worth watching just for George Wallace interview alone, <laughs> just to see him try to defend his choices at the time. 
This is my best friend, right? Tell them they're my best friend. <laughs> He's my best friend. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I guess I could recommend something else. Um, uh, although I'm sure what movie I was going to recommend because I just looked at my list and there's a lot of things I actually like from this year. So let's go with... Oh, something that somebody else is not going to say. Uh, actually, you know what? Forget it. Let's just stick with the one, really. There, there. I mean, 1997 is, is a rich text when it comes to good movies, and there's also some real crap that I appreciate. Let's go back to Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space. Okay, so that's still available for download, although the podcast itself is no longer active. Um there was a movie we watched called The Midas Touch. And it's a cheaply made kids movie. And it's about a you know a kid who gets the Midas Touch. He touches things and they turn into gold. And, you know, shenanigans from there. But it's got plenty of like dumb adult acting. Like, you know, they one of those tropes of the kids way smarter than the bad guys that are trying to catch them. But it's so entertainingly bad that uh, I think, you know, if you're having a bad movie night or you just want something to laugh at, the Midas touch, it's probably worth your time. So uh, that's it for me. Okay. I, for my first pick, I'm going to say The Castle, the um, TV adaptation of the Kafka novel by Michael Haneke because I don't want what I said earlier about Michael Haneke to be misconstrued as me not liking Michael oh, Haneke. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I do. I do think he's fantastic. Uh, and this is a really great Kafka adaptation, and um, it actually gets the ending right. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I would recommend uh, that one. Uh, I'm also going to pick uh, Sharon Osbarta's uh, Akasa. Um, it's because it reminds me of Darren Aronofsky's mother, which we talked about. This is like the slow cinema version of that. Uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool, and it's from 1997. Uh, one more. Uh, Takashi Kitano's Fireworks is maybe a good one to pair with this, with the violence, and that's got some great squibs in it also. And uh, I'll just give a shout out to The Tangle Lesson for no particular reason other than came out in 1997, and it's one of my favorites. I'll just go through the list. I will not elaborate. You do not need to tell me if they're good or bad. I'll just say this is what I haven't seen yet from 1997. Well, I'm going to tell you. uh, (laughs) For whatever reason, I've marked on my watch list on IMDb. All right, here we go. Amistad, The Postman, Life is Beautiful, The Ice Storm, The Sweet Hereafter, The Man Who Knew Too Little, Eve's Bayou, Ulysses Gaze, Gattaca, Year of the Horse, U-Turn, Face, The Edge, the Peacemaker, The Game, Hoodlum, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Conspirators of Pleasure, Copland, Full Alert, Four Little Girls, which we just mentioned, Underground, Legend of the Wolf, The Pillow Book, uh, La Vie de Jesus, Happy Together, Trio, Nowhere, Evil Ed, Chasing Amy, Swingers, Schizopolis, Heart Eight, Greenfish, Once Upon a Time in China, and America, Brass Eye, and The People vs. Larry Flint. That's it. 
At least some of those movies are good. <laughs> I would say Pelopuck is good. I watched it and I don't even remember what that one is. You're actually in for a lot of other cool movies. Yeah, yeah. I like Gattaca out of that list. I would watch that one for a million years. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Gattaca was a mandatory thing I had to watch in a class for a grade. Sounds like it. So I have a some like got reaction Gattaca. It's like homework. No, I'm never watching that again. Never fun to watch movies for school. Oh the, the, the one that one was really ruined for me in film school, school was uh, Battleship Potemkin. Because uh, yeah. like, of the stairs? Yeah, yeah either, either the whole film or the stairs. I think I watched it in like almost every single major class that I had at some point or another. It was like... It's a popular yeah, but uh, the pillow book is based off the pillow book, which is a kind of, a, I guess, a diary of like a Japanese noblewoman, if I remember correctly. But in literature class, the first college I went to, because I went to three different colleges throughout my life so far. It's a college boy here. Uh, I'm very indecisive, and it takes a long time to figure out what I want, <laughs> what 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 works for me. Anyway. So that I the, the that literature class is the first time he watched stuff where it's like, oh, this isn't boring homework. I like this. And the pillow book was was one of those things. And we also watched uh, Fellini Satyricon, my first Fellini movie, and I fucking loved it. And everyone in the class hated it. <laughs> uh, always fun when when like you're the one person. That's my favorite like, Fellini movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. And every other fleeing I've seen is like it's not satiricon, it's not as good I know. or as fun. <laughs> Roma's pretty cool too, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, I might get that one day. But uh, yeah, that's it. So I have I, I write for Grumpire on occasion. I wrote two articles that came out this summer. One is on Godfrey Cambridge, and uh. May 27th, 1970. The two, his two best movies came out on the very same day. So I write about him, those two movies, what to represent. And they're both directed by... Godfrey Cambridge was a civil rights activist, theater actor, uh, movie actor, TV guy, stand-up, <clears throat> author. Uh, he's not to a Tony. He kind of did a whole lot of stuff in a very short amount of time. He died tragically young. And uh, his two best movies released on the very same day. So I, we talked uh, about one of them. Yes, we did. And um, I also wrote about Stormy Weather, how it's secretly a punk movie. The uh, Lena Horne musical from the 40s. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And uh, you can usually find it. I think it's public domain at this point. Because like, they're, they're right. The director wasn't like a big, famous studio guy, Andrew Stone. He just kind of was a guy that worked at MGM or Fox, so uh, so they don't really care about his stuff as much. So you can kind of find it, uh, you know, for free in certain places if you want, <clears throat> if you want to. And I have a piece coming out on I'm working on on the baby and girly, how they're connected to Psycho, and. Uh, some other stuff down a pipeline for a grumpire I'm very slowly working on. And I have two movie I have a movie blog and a blog on African history that I'll link in the show notes that I don't update anymore, but I probably should update more. 
That's it for me. Anything as usual, so who wants to go next? Um, if you want to find me, I'm over on Twitter. I'm at Movie Kessler. Uh, I just had a big, long series about the history of King Kong on screen. I start at like the dawn of human civilization and go up to uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, and it's like a big 37,000 word three-part article for uh, Film 89, and uh, we just did an extra podcast to kind of supplement that, so folks can check that out. I'm working on a big uh, piece about architecture and science fiction for The Pink Smoke. Hopefully that should be out soon. I dig into uh, not just film, but uh, plays, manga, uh, a bunch of really interesting things to talk about. Uh, the, state the state of things, things in the world, the architecture is just a pretext, I got you. It's a trick. <laughs> so um, hopefully that'll be out before too long. Hell yeah. Uh, I guess uh, you can uh, follow Martin on Twitter. Follow, follow Martin, guys. <laughs> follow, follow his Twitter. We've, we've been mutuals for years now. Yeah. Uh, his Twitter's cool. Follow him. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's my promotion of the episode. Not, not <laughs> myself. Uh, you can do whatever. I'm on Twitter as well, but you can whatever. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're not gonna promote people. Support the strike. Yeah, support the strike. That's what yeah. I'll promote. I'll promote the strike. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Spencer. Show the uh, studios yeah, who's boss. boss. Yeah, promote. I'm prom- the go strike. Go fucking strike. Fuck, fuck, fuck you, studios. Come, you know, fuck you, AMPTP. Fucking come to the negotiating table. We're already here, fuckers. Jeez. Oh, right. That's my impassioned plea. Uh, yeah. Uh, go strike. Uh, SAG actors... WGA writers, everyone deserves to be paid for their work. People deserve residuals. It's 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 how they get through, you know, the periods when they're not working as much, uh, because that's just how the life of you know artists goes. They, there's periods of lots of work, and then there's periods of dead air. And for decades, it's like residuals were the thing that helped support people during those periods of dead air. The rise of streamers has threatened to, to, to take that away, which is not cool because people need that shit to get by and not have to take multiple jobs to support themselves and all that shit. But, like, uh, that and then also the, you know, AI stuff is very important. Uh, I, I don't want to ever read a script that was in any way co-written by an AI. I, I don't want to perform lines that were performed, you know, written by an AI. I don't want my face turning into an AI. Uh, I want protections for all of that. And so that's why I am striking and why I support everyone else striking and why I implore other people to support the strike. There. Is that alright? That was awesome. There you go. The strike just called. They're very upset with you. 
I, I broke by talking about a obscure 1997 movie that, that... I mean, I guess in a way me talking about it is probably going to get more eyes to it, but... but also, it's not a Strut Company's movie, so there you go. Canal, or the, the, the production companies that produced uh, Perdita Durango, from my knowledge, at least, I tried looking up the Strut Company's list. I tried looking for them. I couldn't find any of the companies in that list, so I, I think I'm, a, I'm in the clear. I think it's like a gray area. Okay. And I've already said enough that this is not promotion. I'm just yeah. talking about a movie that I watched, and uh, yeah, this I also really, be- really care more about the strike. You guys go, you don't need to watch Perdita Durango, but you do need to support the strike. So yeah, and can. this episode will come out probably in a week or two because of uh, the, the strike stuff. I kind of want that that out there, making it kind of time sensitive, but it's important. And uh, yeah, so this will probably be like a week or two from now. Uh, two, yeah, we could do from now. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Martin, you will be back for stuff in the future. I don't know what, yeah, exactly. And Jared, you'll be back in the vague future. Hopefully the strike will be over by that point. Yeah, I hope, you know, and I read Fran, Fran Drescher was like, I'm pre- we're prepared to strike for six months. And, like, I am, but also I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know? Like, I, 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 I like posting about movies on Twitter. I like posting film clips on Twitter. I like doing all that, and I feel like I, I feel weird about doing that now. Like, I'll still make little jokes and screenshots, and I guess I did kind of post the opening of Blue Bloods today, but all for the purposes of jokes and not promotion. Uh, so, so, yeah. I guess when I, in the past, I've, like, watched movies, stayed up watching movies late at night and posting, like, clips and stuff. And I guess that can be seen more as, like, promotion, which I don't want to do. So, I just have to kind of take it easy for a bit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um... uh, Everyone, thank you for... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, I'm gonna shut down. Thank you, everyone. And, uh... It's not the longest episode we've done. The, the cruising episode was... Cruising episode was, I think, two and a half hours. If It is pretty close to that, actually. It's a great-ass movie. That's why... I know about it. I know about it. Yeah, it... it I don't know. It, it's, de- it's divisive for a reason. Anyway, uh, yeah. With all that, uh, thank you for listening. And that is all. Goodbye. James Fell. Our logo is by Andrew Bargeron. You can find him as Jemetsko on Threadless, TeePublic, Redbubble, Shirt Woot Catalog, and T-Theory. That is spelled G-I-M-E-T-Z-C-O. You can find our show in 
previous seasons on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and other places where you can find podcasts.